You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. I want to talk about one of the one of the weapons of our warfare. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not, are not carnal, but are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And um, one of the weapons, when we think about spiritual warfare, I think sometimes we don't. Maybe we do. Maybe you do. Sometimes I don't. When I think spiritual warfare, sometimes I think of hyping myself up and 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 being kind of in a you know, getting myself hyped up and then I'm going to fight the enemy. You know, have you ever seen those, those pictures um, on Facebook or on, or maybe old posters or something where it's like, it's like Jesus and the devil like in a boxing ring and they're like fighting? That's stupid. That's a stu- <laughs> so stupid. It's so theologically un- like incorrect. Like it's not a fair fight. You know, have you seen the one it's like the Jesus and the devil like arm wrestling? And it's like, share this with seven people so Jesus wins. It's like, it's so stupid. Like, Jesus always wins. The only, but, but we give the enemy, we give the enemy footholds by agreeing with lies. You know, we shake hands with lies and then we give the enemy, um, then strongholds happen, then doors are open, and then we open, you know, we can open the doors for demonic activity to happen in our life. No. Possession? No. We're believers. But demonic activity into those footholds and through open doors that can, um, over time, start to impact how we live life, how we see others, how we see the world, how we interact. So this morning, I felt very, like, I, I, I knew we needed to go here. And this is a weapon of our warfare. So just, just because somebody is excited and jumping and really seems passionate about Jesus, that, I mean, that is not, there are times when we, when we stir ourselves up in our most holy faith. We, we I mean we pray in the spirit. There's there's times when I when I when I tell my body to come into alignment with where it needs to be because my body, soul, and spirit need to be in alignment. And so there's there's times where I stir myself up and I, I, I how many like will walk when you pray? Sometimes when you try to pray in bed, it's called sleep, and um, it's called nappy time. And so sometimes, sometimes you got to stir yourself. Sometimes you got, you've got to walk. Sometimes you just, you've, you've got to, you know, stretch or whatever, get some blood flow going and to, to remain clear minded to, so that we can pray in the spirit, but we can also pray in our understanding. Um, so some, but sometimes we've, I, I think in, in my tradition and where I've come from, we've equated sometimes spiritual warfare with like, we, we, we're doing something like somehow our, are the louder we pray in a prayer meeting, some, somehow that's defeating the enemy more. And, and the more that we are, does this make sense to anybody yeah. who's been in a charismatic movement? Um, and, and those things are all good. And I, I believe there is excitement and there are times, but there's also times when we want, we're silent before the Lord. 
There's also the times when we lay prostrate before the Lord. There's also times when we were, were singing to the Lord. I mean, so, so there's so many different ways that we, that we pray, that we listen. Um, I'm, I'm saying that all to say that spiritual warfare looks a lot, a lot of the time, like not being offended, <laughs> not getting bitter, and forgiving quickly. It's not as you know sexy as an all-night prayer meeting on top of a mountain, you know, dropping prayer bombs on your city. <laughs> but I think it's actually more effective sometimes. I mean, I've, I've, I've you know, been around groups. So it's like, we're going to get an airplane and we're going to go drop prayer bombs over the city. And hey, I'm down. I'm down with all that. Like, it gets weird. It's cool. It's like not not biblical and it's done in faith. Cool. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's, you know, let's hula hoop around the city and do some prophetic hula hooping. What, like, whatever. Like, we'll do it, right? Um, We'll you know, have our banners and we'll do all of our... The only thing I don't like about banners, one of the only things is what I... I've been playing guitar before, and, and a banner got caught in my in like in my tuning pegs. It's like now my guitar is going to be out of tune. So, anyways, um, I digress. But, um, well, and I got hit by one and welted one time, and so <laughs> I need some deliverance and healing from that. Some some of those memories, but. Um, sometimes I think we we go for like the home run stuff that we think is like really like spiritual. And, and we can neglect some of just like the everyday, because we're just walking with people and we're pinballing around life into, into people and into situations and on the freeway and <laughs> at work and family. And are you vaxxed or not vaxxed? And are you, you know, what's your opinion? And we're, so we're bumping into people and we're interfacing with people on a day-to-day -day basis, and we have so many opportunities to, to get weird. We have so many opportunities to get bitter. We have so many opportunities for unforgiveness. And um, Brooke, let me ask you a question. And Janelle, because these guys have done a lot of, been in a lot of deliverance ministry. Pastor Brooke, how many times have you seen, here, come up here. Come on, Janelle, come on. I'm like gonna have him shout. I might as well have him come up here. Okay, by the way, is it tomorrow? Janelle is 40 today. Happy birthday. So 30, 30, 30, 30. Um, okay, really quick, how many times have you guys seen somebody not be, be able to go through deliverance um, and then what do we ask them? We ask them about forgiveness, right? And then what tell, tell us what happens. I mean, that is like, just, just talk about that really quick. I'm putting you totally on the spot right now. But, but these guys in deliverance can tell you because they have, they have more experience in deliverance than I do. Um, how key this is. It is the key. It's the key. I mean, at countless times where there's people where they don't get free. And, and we keep like going there and they'll forgive, but you still are like, they, they're, it's, it's not released yet. 
and it's because of unforgiveness, the root. And it's like, and a lot of times, honestly, what I see, it's because they'll forgive their list of people. And we all do when we go to that first freedom time. But you know who they don't forgive? That's right. And so the moment that we go there, those spirits have to leave immediately. I mean, they have to bow quickly at the name of Jesus. But you know what? They have permission to be there when you're going to hold that unforgiveness. It's like a clog and a drain. And so, I mean, yeah, it is the key. Jimmy? Sure. Any more to add, buddy? Absolutely. Uh, Here's what I'll say is that I remember when I went through freedom for the first time. Okay, we had a friend that flew into town who took um, close friends of ours, uh, J.D. and Shauna, through freedom. And then they were trying to get a hold of me. This is 12 years ago or however long, 13 years ago. And they were trying to get a hold of me. And, uh, you know, Shauna's like, yeah, Brooke, you got to read this book and you got to hear this. And I was like, I know a little bit about that stuff, so I appreciate that, you know. And But she she kind of knew because of what they just experienced. And so when um, I met with them and prayed, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there praying. I read this book. It told me to read. And that was recommended by a friend of ours, Danny. And you know, so I read the book and, you know, when I met with them and sat down on the way there to meet and go pray with them, I could really feel just a strong inclination of unforgiveness and bitterness within myself. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be free from all these other things. And God had set me free like instantaneously one night from, you know, different things, alcohol and all this other stuff, like instantaneously one night. But once that was out of the way, there was other things there to the whole rest of my freedom that was a roadblock in the way. And so when that came forward, that was the, the biggest stopgap, you know, to the rest of the freedom that I experienced was the bitterness and unforgiveness. And so, yeah. you know, when we pray with people, it's like you can, like Ben is saying, he's, he's, he's on point with what he's saying. You, you can bring all the, the loud prayer and the spiritual warfare and like, come on out in Jesus name. Boom. I, I drive you out in Jesus name. And they're like, but I hate my dad. It's just like, well, we're done. Yeah. Like we're not going any further until you forgive your dad, until you forgive yourself. And by the way, sometimes people need to forgive God too. You can forgive yourself, but sometimes you need to forgive God too. And you know what? God's okay with that because he knows that sometimes people hold things against him. You know what? He loves you. He's got so much grace. It's like, it's okay. You know, just let it go. And as soon as you let it go, boom, guess what? The authority moves right out of the, moves right to the court where it belongs, which is in Jesus under his Lordship. And that's where the deliverance takes place. So when you release that and you start driving those things out, they start leaving. Guess what? Cause they don't have any, they don't have any, uh, right to the real estate anymore, so to speak. Right. So I hope that kind of, yeah, that was great. You know, puts it into, <laughs> puts it into perspective. All right, let's pray. Well, I mean, but we've prayed, we've prayed with, we've prayed with, with, with a lot of people over the yeah. years and we've shared our testimony and, and things like that. But you know, when we pray with people, the unforgiveness and bitterness, it really is a thing, you know? And so someone's like, well, I really struggle with anger or alcoholism well, or I have drugs. Or- the other thing is like in your story, there's a lot of people that did you wrong, that did things to you and to people that you loved that were terrible. And and so sometimes we feel like we have a right to hold on to some of those things. And I'm gonna get into some scripture about why we actually don't as kingdom believers. And so, um, yeah, Janelle, you got more. I just have one other thing I wanna say, because even when we were singing that song, it's like, I wanna say something, because I just kept seeing this line down here right now, like down the stage, because when we were singing that song, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore we are new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away, new things have come. But it's by faith that we have to believe that as we become new creations in Christ, 
old things have passed away. That's our old mindsets. That's our whatever it is for old things. And so it's, it is a faith step of walking this thing out because everything else in your life may say that you are right here, but you hold on to that, that it's Christ that lives in me, that I'm a new creation in Christ, right? And so the other thing that with that is the same thing with freedom. Where were we going right before? What did you say right before that? Because that's, I want to talk about that. That was adding into... Um, the real estate. Je- Jesus. Jesus. Um, Jesus. No, there was something I really did want to say. Because it was Holy Spirit. Um, but that's the same thing with your freedom. Is yeah. it's just you have to. It is a. It is a faith step of the forgive. That's what it is. If that's so. I was going with the faith step of this. When every symptom says no, you continue to stand on the word and say, "I'm a new creation oh. in Christ." Even though every other symptom, physical, circumstantial, everything says that you are not a new creation in Christ. You hold on to that. That Christ lives in me. I'm a new creation in Christ. But that is the same thing with forgiveness. It's the exact same thing. Is everything's in you is still hurt, and it's okay to hurt. But it's a step of faith. If I'm going to choose to forgive them, I'm going to choose to forgive myself. And you know what's so cool? By God's grace, those feelings, by you taking that step of faith. Yeah, they follow. They, they follow. Yeah. And you just get overcome with this grace. That all of a sudden, you just want to start praying for that person because you took the step of faith of forgiveness. So. Amen. Amen. So good. Happy birthday. So good. That's just inside of them, by the way. That was, I did not tell them that I was going to have them come up. But I just wanted their perspective because I know so many times when we get to that point where someone's like, man, I just, I cannot get free. It, it, is, it is like every time, almost every time when it, it is like, who are we holding judgment to? Who do we need to forgive? Amen? Amen. So we're going to forgive some people today. Amen? Amen. And it, it is, um, you're like, how do I know if I have unforgiveness? What are, what are some signs that I have unforgiveness? What are some signs that um, when, when somebody has pull or control over your thoughts, imaginations, fantasy, conversations, uh, opinions of yourself based on you think about what they think about what I'm doing, when, when, it's somebody, so when somebody else has some pull or some control over our mindset. Does that make sense? So I, I went through, I went through a, a, an incident where I feel like I had rights. I had right to be offended. In the natural realm, in, in, sorry, in America, I had the American right. My First Amendment right to be offended. <laughs> to say what I want to say. Um, you know, I, I love this country very much, um, very much. There are some things about our country that are not kingdom. They're wonderful. There's a lot, there's freedom in that and it allows us to express it, but they're not kingdom. So in America, it's like we have, well, they, they did this. I've been hurt by this. My counselor told me X, Y, Z. You know, my therapist told me, and you know, now I have boundaries. And and, and there's something about there's things about boundaries that are really, really, really good. There's really good. Um, 
my only thing about boundaries is did the Holy Spirit give you those boundaries? Or did... Because so, sometimes when we have hurt, we're like, well, I'm just going to put up boundaries. And no one's going to talk to me like that anymore. And actually, it's like pride. sense of like pride. And it actually starts to become like... Um, like what you would say with woke theology, because in woke theology um, and cancel culture, people don't have an opportunity to ever get back into good graces. Like you're done. Like there's no forgiveness. There's no changing. I was, I was telling somebody, I brought somebody's name up to, some, to a mutual friend. I said, hey, do you know so-and-so? And they're like, yeah, I know them, knew them from like 20 years ago. And, they're, you know, and he was like, had a very like low opinion of this person. And I was like, oh no, they're awesome. Like you haven't seen them in 20 years, they're awesome. And it was almost like their opinion of them was like, no, they're, they're probably not. And I'm like, have you changed in 20 years? <laughs> Good Lord. Like, I, I, I don't even wanna know what I was preaching 20 years ago, back to the youth. Like, I'm like, you want your tapes from 20, tapes from 20 years ago? Like, heck no. I, I don't, because my brain wasn't even fully, frontal lobe wasn't fully developed until I was 25. Like, like we want to give people the opportunity, because like if I knew some of you 15 years ago, you're on meth. It was going to look a lot different than you look now. There are some people that come up to me and they're like, you know, do you know that, like, you know, I've been, I've been divorced a couple times and we're on our third marriage, but then we, we met Jesus and we, I'm like, you, you're like, you're amazing. The Lord has so sweetened your life. So the hard things you have gone through, there's honey in the rock. Like you have been through the deep waters. I would have had no clue. Like I wish Jeremy and Tiffany here were here this morning could tell you their story. And I don't know why they're not, and I'm upset. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but like some people, they look at Jeremy and Tiffany, and then you hear their story, and I was like, I would not have wanted to know you guys 20 years ago. Because <laughs> you might have both wanted to fight me, you know? <laughs> and so, so like this cancel culture, this, this uh, woke theology comes in, and it says, we're, we're gonna come dismantle every system but it actually, it's like, it's actually a spirit of unforgiveness masked in boundaries. Listen, we, so, you know, as a leadership team, we have like red flag agreements. Like we can throw, like a coach, we can throw a red flag. Hey, I think we should do this. We're like, ah, red flag. Let's, let's talk about it. But we, when we do that, we have an agreement that what we say about a situation or about a person or about like, is not forever. They're not forever in red flag jail. Does that make sense? Have you ever had like, you know, kids, your friends are hanging around and you're like, there's no way you're spending the night at their house. <laughs> Don't even ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, but then over time, as you get to know them, as you know the family, there's an opportunity to grow and to change, and, and we might change our minds. All I'm saying is like the grace of God is at work. If it's at work in your life, trust that it's at work in other people's lives as well. And other people could be growing and maturing and going forward in that. Okay, does that make sense? Okay. So Matthew chapter 18. Because actually, okay, so I had this, I was telling this story. So I have this, 
I had, I was, felt like I, I had wronged somebody. I had made a decision that hurt an organization. And I was subsequently fired from that position. And what happened next was a template that I would not use for anyone going through a restoration process. You know, it was heavy-handed, the, you know, all, all the things. I'm not going to get into it, but felt very traumatized by it. And what was beautiful about it is when we were walking through those waters, because we decided, because faith expressed is grace release. Come on, somebody. Every week we're going to say this. Um, and so, you know, Heather and I expressed faith and said, okay, Jesus, we're going to walk, we're going to trust you and we're going to walk through a process. It's scary. We don't know what's on the other side, but we believe you're asking us to not run and hide, but to walk through a process of healing and transparency. So we, we really did. And I mean, I honor Heather so much because she had to express faith with me. It wasn't just me. She expressed so much faith. And, and, and so faith was expressed. And, and so the grace, the operational power, which we talked about last week, was, was released to us to walk through the situation. And there was such grace. I'm just telling you, there was grace and there was love. There was love for people that were wounding us and hurting us, like love. Like people would say things to us, like, can you believe they're doing that to you guys? And we're like, you know what? They've never been through a situation like this. And ultimately, I pulled the trigger. So you know what? Let's just love them. Like, I just felt such love. And I was like, you know, I had to tell my mom, mom, you need to chill out. Because, you know, she's protective. She's mama bear. She wants to protect us. She wants to fight for us. You know, and, and so part of us wanted to fight for our dignity and fight for our reputation. But it was like, no, don't fight. Surrender. Actually surrender. And so I, so I remember going through this season of just feeling love. And, and, um, and then that season was over. You know, we, we were into a new season of life where we were now ministering and we're, we're feeling healed and we're starting to help people and be a conduit, you know, through our story of what God's doing. Then I start having fantasies. Kid you not. I'm walking through Bridgeport Village, minding my own business, walking by the theater. I see a line of people coming out from the theater. I start fantasizing about seeing this person in line. Now, he's not in line, but I was like, you know what? If he was in line right now, and I am now playing out a movie in my mind of what I would do to him. And you know what I was going to do to him? I was going to look at his jaw and exactly where I wanted to hit him, come up and blind. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm just going to be really honest. I saw him in line. And in my fantasy, I'm like going, and boom, lights out nighty night. And he falls on the ground and I stand over him and I'm like, and I caught myself because I'm like, well, that's probably not Jesus. <laughs> I said, Heather, I just had this, I just had this fantasy. Like what? And we're, she's like, okay, that's unfor- there's unforgiveness and there's bitterness. And it's trying to actually steal from the freedom that you've just received. And I was, I was in a new season. Do you know that in new seasons, sometimes you'll have to go back and, and forgive? 
because you'll hear new information or you'll hear there's a new context of your life that gets opened up or, or you have kids or there's new relationships and you can go back to those things and go back, man, that was really gnarly. Have you ever looked back at something you walked through and you're like, that was gnarly. Like we made it. The grace of God, God is so good. But sometimes we can actually go back to those moments and then it's, we need the grace of God. And so I, I had to go through and I had to, I had to just re say, God, I forgive. You know, part of forgiveness is, is, is cause unforgiveness is we've taken the gavel out of the hands of Jesus and we've said, Jesus, I'm going to make judgment on this person. I don't feel like you're, you, you can do that. So I'm going to take the gavel out of your hand and I'm going to make a judgment about this person from my limited knowledge. Even though I do not know the inside of their heart, I don't know. Even though I know that, that you forgave me when I wronged a lot of people and you had compassion on me, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to step into your place and I'm going to disregard my life story of forgiveness and what you've done for me, and now I'm going to judge you and, and place you in my crosshairs. And it's demonic, and it's ungodly, and it is so far from the kingdom of God. And it, it is, I, I really believe, like, like when you guys were up here sharing, I believe it's like, it's like, like we have the welcome team back here that you know, opened the door and says hi. I think it's like a welcome team for the enemy. This is like, come on in wreak havoc, wreak havoc on emotions, wreak havoc on motive, wreak havoc on performance, like all the things that comes in and it just begins to wreak havoc in our life. Because why? Because it's, it's a memory that's controlling. It's, it's, um, it's pulling at you. It's almost, almost like a bungee cord to, to, to your heart and to their heart. And every once in a while you get far enough and something pulls you back to, and you feel that like almost like a soul tie which soul tie is not a biblical term, but it's, I believe it's that there's a biblical principle in soul ties. Um, and I, I want to read a scripture to you. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, it's, it, I think it's one of the best. You know, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples and then, and then it's the classic one where Peter says, so Lord, how often should I forgive someone? So he kind of misses the heart of it. He misses the heart and he wants to quantify, like, okay, so like how many times? Like, what's the limit? One of our, one of our um, pastors, uh, our um, associate pastors at the church, his little son had watched Star Wars. And he asked, and so he was just a really little guy, and he, he asked his mom for something, and she's like, no, honey. And he, he looked at his mom, and he says, you have failed me for the last time. <laughs> to his mom, you know? I think that's how people get with other people. It's like, it's like you've reached the limit. It's like, you have failed me for the last, no more forgiveness, we're done. Too many times. Now, I wanna, I wanna say this too. There are times where people are toxic. And we do have to have, there has to be boundaries. I want you to hear that. And, and where it's like there are clear lines that, that this is as far as you can come in life until the time that where we have a conversation and that there is, 
behaviors that, that have changed. So, so I want you to hear that. But it doesn't mean that we can't release them from our judgment. The Bible says to get back at somebody. I was like, hey, you want to get back at somebody? It says pray for them. Bless them. Do good for them. Speak well of them. He gives us a paradoxical comeback. It's not like cut their brake lines. Uh, dox them. Dox them on Facebook. You know, pick at them. Cancel them. No, it's like pray for them. Do good for them. By the way, when you pray for somebody it's almost impossible to be offended. If you pray for somebody and start praying for them and you start thinking about their kiddos and you start blessing them and you start like, you start praying God's best over them and inviting the Holy Spirit and there, something happens in your spirit, by the way. That's why, that's why the New Testament tells us, the Gospels tell us that like, this is actually the way to get back at somebody. Because you're like, okay, cool, I'm gonna get back at them. And it's actually like, oh wait, God, you just tricked me into, now I'm gonna forgive them. Because now I have compassion, the compassion of Jesus for these people. We have to also be really careful. I'm going to swear I'm going to read this verse at some point. Um, We also have to be really careful because we can practice unforgiveness through media of people we don't actually know. And we're actually rehearsing really toxic behaviors by making judgment on people we don't know on TV. So we can watch TV and we're like, that's stupid, that's dumb. I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have, you know, it's like the armchair quarterback. Like, why'd he throw that? You know, and you're, you're like into your third bowl of like, you know, nachos. And you're, you know, and you're like, you know, I would have, if I was there, I would have. And no, you wouldn't have. No, no, nope. You would have not done that. Um, yeah, your shoulder would be separated by now and you'd, your Achilles would be snapped and your collarbones would be, be broken. But, um. So, so, but we can do that like, you know, watching America's Got Talent, or like we just, we can really start to judge, oh, I don't like her, I don't like that, I don't like that, she's, I don't like her dress, she looks dumb, I don't like her voice, oh. And we can literally, you can like listen to yourself and watch yourself because we can actually start to practice. And I've, I've been watching a show where I'm like, I'm like offended at this person because of how they talk to that person. And I'm all like, well, I'm like worked up about it. I'm like, I hate that character. Oh, that's just, so just even watch in media or how we talk about people or how we judge people. I remember back in the day, a politician would fall and I'd be like, good, good. Take him down. Take him down. You know, oh, fake tears. Well, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I'm so cynical up on my judgment box, you know, just like, so like zero heart at all. And then I went through my media moment where now I'm the one on the sorry tour and now I'm asking people to forgive me. I remember when there was was a really famous person who did some really shysty stuff lied to a lot of people and and it actually impacted some things in Portland and he got up there I remember people were just roasting him this is this is this is post us walking through what we walked through um, I remember people just roasting him just like oh he's the worst he's terrible he's awful he's the worst he's and he's giving his apology his national apology and I'm like I'm crying Cause I'm like, I'm like, buddy, get it all out, yeah. get it all out. 
Get, get it all out. Get, don't hide anything. Get it all out. Get it all. And I'm, just, I'm literally, I'm like hopeful for him. I'm like, oh man, you're about to walk. In, if you allow this process to work, you're about to walk into the best season of your life because it's all going to be out and you're going to actually be able to heal. And actually you can, your life can get turned around. And I'm like totally like cheering this guy on and like, Two years before, I would have been the one going, you know, what an idiot, you know, you know, as a keyboard warrior. <laughs> like, what, what help is that? And so be careful that we're not rooting against people. Yeah, that's good. Sometimes we're, we're so frustrated with people that don't know Jesus that they should be acting like people that know Jesus. <laughs> they don't know Jesus. There's no anchor. There's no plumb line. So, so I, I just, I just, that's a, a word of warning for us that we not be people that are constantly have to have an opinion and make a judgment about everybody. Everybody said, Amen. and I think one, one way to watch it and what, especially like watch how you talk in front of your kids like that. Cause then your kids, your kids are little mini me's little parrots. You ever heard like an 11 year old be like, yeah, this politician, it starts to, and you're like, that's just exactly what his dad said, right? Like, has no clue of context of anything, just exactly what dad said. What well, that happens as well around TV and around, you know, things like that. Also, by the way, I'm just going along lots of rapid trails today. By the way, if we are, su- if we're super judgmental, um, and we're constantly calling out people that are idiots on the road. That guy's an idiot. That person's an idiot. That politician's an idiot. I can't, they messed up. You think you're going to be the one your kids go to when they do something idiotic to tell? Heck no. Heck no. This is a judgment free zone. Like, yeah, right, it is. You judge everybody. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to tell you. But if we talk about people, and, and so, so we're teaching our kids this, and so sometimes I'll slip and I'll say something, you know, once every three years, and um, <laughs> I have a moment of weakness. <laughs> and just kidding. And I'll say something on the road, and, and, you know, Taylor will pipe up and say, Dad, we don't know what kind of day that guy's having. We don't know what just happened to his, a family member. We don't know if he's on his way to the hospital and he's just heard bad news. And I'm like, oh God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me, Jesus. Taylor, you could pass through the church. You know, you take over. You actually want to talk about people with grace and forgiveness and hope because that's what you want your kids to know. You want your kids to be able to come to you and know that mom and dad aren't going to. Amen? That's just food for thought. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Uh, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. 
But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. That's a lie. Not going to happen, right? He couldn't pay it all. It was millions of dollars. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Folks, we've been released and our debt's been paid. Amen? We've been released and our debt's been paid. In Jesus' name. That was really exciting to me. Um, Verse 28, but when the man left the king, he went out to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Catch this. Catch this. Put this into 2021 context. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. This person who had just been forgiven millions of dollars. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me. Gave the same speech that he just gave, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid in full. Which can't pay a debt if he's in prison. Yeah, I'm going to lock you up so you can pay me back. Not going to work. Verse 31. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and they told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Go to Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. So in that context, you could say that it is ridiculous in a kingdom economy to have unforgiveness when put into the light of eternity and into the light of what we've been forgiven. Amen? We have been, the Bible says that we were, when we were dead in our trespasses, Christ died for us. Dead in our trespasses. We were dead, to, we were dead in sin. We had, we had missed the mark. The, Bible, the word uh, sin is hemartea. It means to miss the mark. We had missed the mark. I mean, how would we would want right now for, for all, of, all of your sin and offenses to be played up on these screens right now, to have a little movie time? No. Heck no. Because you know you. You know all the things that you've done. You know all the things that you've thought. You know all the things, right? And to know that Jesus forgave me, that he who knew no sin became sin, that we through him might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everything was placed on Jesus, was judged in Jesus. And so I know what I've been forgiven I know what I've been forgiven. So when somebody offends me, does something against me, says something goofy to me about me, it would be like this man who was forgiven millions of dollars going after another, a brother who owed him thousands of dollars 
in the same way. Because we look at that scripture and we go, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That is stupid. But if we were to pull back 30,000 feet into kingdom living, we could look at our life and go, it is so stupid that I've allowed unforgiveness into my heart against my brother when I've actually received the free gift of eternal life through the blood of Jesus and every one of my sins has been forgiven. Listen, I'm, I ain't trying to downplay what people have done to you. There's been, I know some of your stories, there's been some wicked, evil, hurtful, sad, I mean, that's just the word. There's been some sad things that have happened and have been done to you, unprovoked. And Jesus said, you know what? I died for those very sins for those people. They've already been judged under the blood of Jesus. Therefore, I now can express faith and say, I choose, like Janelle said, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. I make the faith choice and say, God, I don't feel like I can do this on my own because you can't. That's why you feel like you can't do it on your own because you're on to something. You can't. So your Holy Spirit, help me. And I'm going to release them from my judgment. And then I'm going to practice spiritual warfare. Let's go there first before we go to Colossians. I'm going to practice spiritual warfare. We've got six minutes. So that my marriage can be fruitful and prosperous. Okay, let's just go to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians. But when, so when those feelings and those thoughts come, what we're going to do is we're going to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We're going to expose those thoughts and we're going to expose those feelings to people that we can trust that are walking through life with us and say, you know what? I'm having these thoughts. I'm going to expose fantasy. I'm going to expose the thought that I just had of punching somebody in the face. Come on, somebody at Bridgeport Village. <laughs> I'm going to expose that and realize that that's a plight of the enemy to get me back into bondage and to allow spiritual spirits that I do not want back into my life to cause havoc. Somebody said, amen. So we're going to take authority over those and we're going to keep expressing faith. And in fact, we're going to pray for those people and say, Lord, I bless them in Jesus name. Lord, I bless them in Jesus name. I pray right now for their family. I pray God that you, if, if they don't know Jesus, Jesus, you would get a hold of their heart, Holy Spirit, that you would draw them to yourself through the goodness of God, that you would put people in their pathway that will share the love of Jesus today. And, and we, we pray and we bless them. And when somebody else comes and wants to, to talk to you and start a little misery cluster about how lame they are, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna speak well of them. We're gonna say things like, hey, have you gone and talked to that person? Have you done Matthew 18? Have you gone to the person first? Amen? It says this, it says verse 12, Colossians 3, 12, it says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves. What is that? That's a step of faith. He doesn't say, I will clothe you in the moment with, no, he says, you must clothe yourselves. Put it on. Take that step of faith. 
So I'm going to release them from my judgment today. I'm going to release them. I'm going to forgive them. And part of forgiving, can I give you a little secret? Part of forgiving is reminding yourself what you have freely received. If we can't receive grace for ourselves, we gotta receive grace for ourselves. Like they said, we gotta forgive ourselves. We've got to understand what he's done for us and, and, and f- to, f- to forgive ourselves and to remind ourselves what he's done for us so that we can be reminded and do for others. Clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And verse th- this is one of my favorite verses. Verse 13 says, make allowance, make margin for each other's faults. <laughs> and forgive anyone who offends you. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Mic drop verse. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Amen? Let's, let's stand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to do a little activation. We're going to do a little activation this morning. Pastor Ben, they don't deserve it. You don't deserve salvation. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. Can I just tell you, too, that you're like, well, I'm not offended at anyone. I, there's not, you will be. <laughs> I don't deal with this. You, you will. Being offended is, you know, it's like, a, it's like a honeymoon. There's a romance period sometimes in relationships where you're like, this is great. It's wonderful. It's, listen, I'm going to say something at some point. Somebody in leadership is going to say something at some point that's, that's going to maybe sit wrong with you. You might say something to me in a you know, low blood sugar moment when you need some lunch. Sometimes we say goofy things, we do goofy things. And when we're in community, we will always have opportunity to be offended. Part of family is not running. Churches just become like, I'm offended. So the Lord's calling me to, no, he's not. Stop. You just got offended and you didn't see it as family. So then you left and take your offense to the new place until somebody else. Listen, the beautiful thing, if you look at, at rocks in a riverbed, they, they have, they, there's been clashing together. There's been movement. There's been, like, that's a picture of family. That's a picture of people being in community, constantly forgiving one another, constantly having grace, making margin. For one another and thinking the best about, about other people. Someone says something goofy to me. I'm like, you know what? Their kids probably didn't sleep last night. They're tired. They're a little bit grumpy. Like we've all been there. Like 
there are times, I kid you not, and, and if this has been you, I am so sorry and I apologize. But there have been times when I've been in a conversation with somebody and someone does something or comes and grabs me or whatever, or I've just probably, somebody on my brain, have literally like just walked away. Probably mid-conversation, I've walked away on you. I'm not gonna have you raise your hands if that's happened to you. <laughs> but I've literally gotten home before and, and, and like replaying conversations and like, I never closed the loop. I think I may have walked out mid-conversation because of something that was happening. That might happen. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm really sorry. But that's why we, we make allowance for each other's faults. We make, there's, mar, there's room around each of us where it's like, you know what? I'm gonna think the best, I'm gonna speak the best, and I'm not gonna be offended by it. Well, they didn't have me speak, or they didn't, you know, house church, well, they, they didn't ask me to share a verse, or they didn't ask, well, maybe they just forgot. Make allowance, make allowance. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. The beautiful thing is, is if you'll, if you'll forgive, I believe it'll open up the door for the Lord to come in and heal maybe some of the rejection that's causing some of that offense to happen. But first we have to forgive. Okay, every, every you don't have to bow your head, but let's close our eyes. Um, how many would just, would just lift your hands up and say, there is somebody that I need to, to release from my judgment right now. Yeah, hands all over. There's somebody that I need to release from my judgment. There's somebody that I need to forgive this morning and make that choice, that faith step. How many, just raise your hand high if that's you. Yep, hands all over. Okay, put your hands down. Rook. I just wanna say one thing real quick. Um, you know, as Ben was talking, it's a very good message. And you know, the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but shows grace to the humble. Yeah. And so in reading that verse again, in 2 Corinthians 10, I just, want to, I just want to focus on one word really quick. For, we, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension. Do you know what pretension means? It means I have entitlement. I have the right to something. And so if I have entitlement and the right to something, perhaps being offended or bitterness, then what does the Bible say? God opposes that arrogance and pride. I mean, I'm just gonna acutely call that out because that's something I call out in myself. So in our house, you know, be quick to forgive, slow to speak and slow to become angry. What's the first thing? Be quick to forgive. So we're quick to forgive in our house because we don't want pride to be opposed by God. We want him to hear, right? And so I just wanted to say that. And so as we pray, as Pastor Ben leads us through a prayer, just be thinking about that. Do I have pride in my heart? Is there pretension there? Because it goes on to say that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. The pretension sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So if the creator says, forgive and you will be forgiven. No, I, I don't want to because I'm entitled and I have a right to this. I have a right to be offended. I have a right to be right. Even as a man, we want to be right. Me, I'll call myself out personally. I like to be right. I do, but I'm wrong all the time. 
So I'm not going to allow pretension to set itself up against the knowledge of God. And I'm going to humble myself and walk in the lowest humility that I can so I can hear from the Creator on what I'm supposed to do. And we will take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So he says those things in strategic order. Just like Pastor Ben was preaching today. There's a strategic order to this. He's saying things in strategic order. Every verse is aligned perfectly. And he says it right there in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It's like we take captive thoughts. Okay, what is he saying before that? Stop being so arrogant and prideful and forgive. Because God will oppose the proud, but he shows grace to the humble. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to get that person. A lot of us, a lot of us raised hands. I want you just to, to see them. And actually, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now. Say, Lord, is there anybody that I need to forgive? Is there anybody that I need to release from my judgment? Is there any area like, like Brookshead where there's, there's pride? Holy Spirit, would you search my heart? Show me if there's anybody that I need, I need to forgive. There's been a, a bitter root judgment. Bitter root judgment is like, there's, I, I will not be like my father. I will not turn out like my mom. And in bitter root judgment, people end up doing exactly what dad did. Treating people exactly how mom did. Has, has, has there been judgments made that this morning, I'm just telling you, this, this is spiritual warfare, church. Do you hear me? <laughs> this is spiritual warfare. This, the enemy cannot, cannot mess with somebody's heart who is forgiving other people who has released from judgment and is allowing the love of God to first minister to their heart and then minister to others through their heart. So we're gonna pray right now. Get that person in mind. You don't have to say their name out loud when it comes to that time. But I, I, I want, we're gonna, we're gonna say it under our breath. I want you to say this with me this morning. I want you to say, Jesus, Everyone say it with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for the gift of salvation. The free gift of salvation. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for forgiving me. All sins, past, present, and future. Say this, say, Jesus, I forgive. I just want you to say the name. And I release them. Come on, say it after me. Say, I release them from my judgment. Say, say, Jesus. You died for, let's just say their name again. And you love them. Heavenly Father, you love them. 
want you to say, say I, I bless. I want you to say their name. Right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Now just thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Say this, say, I take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every pretension, every spirit of pride would be broken off of my life in Jesus' name. I want you just to picture yourself handing Jesus, you're in a courtroom and you're handing him back the gavel. You're handing it back to Father God. Say, so here, you, you take this back. You take this back. It's yours. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. You have a song for us, Brad? Yeah. You have a song for us? You have a song for us? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's sing it. As we sing this, let's just, just, just allow the presence of God to wash over us right now. If there's anybody else you need to forgive, it's, there's, there's, no, there's no method. There's no, it, it's, it's just asking Holy Spirit to help you release them from your judgment. If there's more people, just take the step of faith and say, Lord, I, I forgive them. Lord, I release them right now in Jesus. Thank you that you've forgiven me. Thank you that I get to stand before you free today in righteousness, justified just as if I'd never sinned today. I get to be in the presence of Almighty God. Lord, I just make allowance in my life for people. For people. Lord, I'm not going to run when I get hurt, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into the Father. So if there's more people that you need to do that with, just, just continue to ask the Holy Spirit. Take that step of faith and just see the grace of God as you make the choice today to forgive. It is the, a weapon of our warfare. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.